When it comes to work, communication is key. Even if you don't have a writing job, sounding unconfident, indecisive, or passive-aggressive can hold you back professionally and hurt your team's productivity. Grammarly Premium's advanced tone suggestions make sure you're always sending the right message. Sound clear and confident in your writing and automatically replace negative-leaning language with solution-focused alternatives. With Grammarly's help, you can build stronger relationships at work, be constructive in the face of challenges, and help your team get things done. Grammarly works where you do, so your team's projects get done before the deadline. And with features like comprehensive spelling, grammar, and clarity-focused sentence rewrites, Grammarly helps keep your writing efficient and mistake-free. The right tone can move any project forward. Get it just right with Grammarly. Go to grammarly.com slash podcast to sign up for free. Then get 20% off when you upgrade to premium. That's 20% off at grammarly.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host as always, Garrett Williams, at Garrett720 on Twitter. And joining me as always are my two co-hosts. First off, we got my boy Kyle, at KThen16. Kyle, how are you doing today? It is Friday, boys and girls. Uh, well, it'll probably be Saturday when you're listening to this, but I really don't care. Uh, so it's a good day. Uh, Chiefs got their... Uh, Rookie training camp started, so we got some little fun stuff to talk about. Schedule came out on, what day was that? Wednesday? Tuesday? Wednesday? Thursday? I don't know. All my days run together. I work from home at this point. Everything is a blur. Other than that, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing pretty great. And also joining us is uh, our boy, Tom Welty at Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Hey, man. Just another day living the dream. Uh, You know, Got a little bit of Chiefs news in this offseason. It's already you can already feel the desperation for like actual football. This is the longest part of the year for football fans, so um, you know that's that's tough. But no worries, we're going to be here with you guys to get you through this hard time, and we will continue to cover and and talk about the Chiefs and give you all of our wonderful takes. We're going to manifest some player acquisitions uh, throughout yep. the offseason. We'll we'll see how it happens, but excited to be here. Excited to have you on as always. So yeah, like we alluded to, there has been some Chiefs news that has come out uh, these past you know a week or two after the draft. Everything's kind of settling down. Uh, recently, the Chiefs made a trade uh, for former first-round pick Mike Hughes, uh, DB from the Minnesota Vikings. He was picked uh, number 30 in 2018. Um, we swapped a what was it a sixth and a seventh rounder for him, which we got an extra sixth anyways. Uh, in their Orlando Brown trade. So guys, we got a new corner. Eric, Tom, I know that uh, you've kind of looked at to, into him a little bit as, do you think he's like a, a slot corner for us? Do you think he's going to be outside? What do you kind of see his role being? Yeah, I definitely think that he, he probably comes in and is going to compete for reps at the slot position as a draft prospect that there were some people who were really high on him, but there's just some athletic limitation and some size things that, maybe limit his ability to play on the boundary. Not saying that you couldn't put him out there. I mean, he's still an NFL athlete. He's still a young guy and has some upside and some potential. Really, he 
he was a guy during that. I remember during that draft process, he gained a lot of momentum, kind of after the combine and stuff. Unfortunately, once he got into the NFL, you know, it hasn't necessarily been a performance issue. It's been more of an injury issue. He tore his ACL early, I believe, his second year, and then he's had some issues with some vertebrae in his neck. Um, he broke his neck, didn't he? Yeah. So it turns out it's hard to play uh, football with a broken neck. And one would uh, assume. Yeah, one would assume. So that that kind of has lingered a little bit from I was reading last night, you know, there are reports from the Vikings, you know, people who cover the Vikings saying the coaching staff have said that he's medically clear and he's healthy, but those injuries really derail the development. I I'm excited about the acquisition just because it's such a low cost, high reward, your typical Brett Veach pick, especially for the defensive backs. He just seems to have that that knack to just go find guys who may or may not be, you know, especially those fir- former first round picks and he's just taking flyers on them. And that, I think that says a lot to the the coaching staff and, and Veach's faith in them. But as a player, I really like his, his physicality. Uh, he's going to come downhill and, and, you know, play in the run game. I was really, um, yeah, I was really impressed with just the, the physical style that he plays with. Again, he's only about 5'10", but he plays really well. Uh, in the run game, physical guy, he's going to break up passes. He is, he definitely has room to develop and isn't necessarily the best processor on the field. It just, it feels like it really does feel like he is almost still a rookie just in terms of where he's at and in terms of understanding the NFL game. So give him some time, but hopefully the chiefs coaching staff can get his head right and help him understand the game and put him in a better position to succeed than, than what he was in, in Minnesota. And hopefully he'll stay healthy. That's the other big component to that. Yeah. Hopefully. You're not, you're not going to have this guy duck tackles. He likes to hit people. He likes to yeah. throw his body around. Now he's not the biggest dude in history. So with that comes unfortunate things sometimes also he's gotten really unlucky from the injury standpoint like acl and then a broken neck is not exactly yeah, two things a, that are tough two two injuries to suffer in the nfl coming out so they they declined his fifth year option up there in minnesota they we literally traded him to move like 20 total picks probably or 30 picks by the yeah. time you're all done said and done with it i mean yeah it's not not a so. huge investment for him but i mean you know brett beach yet another first round talent you know it's all he does, man. Investment, and I wanted to oh. quickly, uh, Kyle, get your kind of thoughts because there's been another name in the CB market that's kind of been floated around for the Chiefs recently, and you know there have been some people who have kind of thought like, oh, my, this Mike Hughes trade it might uh, relinquish the need for adding another veteran corner, um, but Bashad Breland is still out there. Uh, a lot of Chiefs fans would still like to have him back. Do you think Bashad Breland still there's a chance for him to come back, and there's there's still a spot for him on this team? I don't think the Hughes thing affects Breland. Um, it it doesn't make sense that it would because they're not even on the same level on the death chart. If you're bringing one of those two in, like first of all, when you if you're bringing Breland back, he's your CB one, like right there, draw it on the line. He's your cornerback one. Um, we corner is the most volatile position year to year in the NFL. It's the hardest to keep consistent play at. And Snead, it's his sophomore year. He's hopefully he continues to play as well as he did, but we'll see. I'd like, I hope he stays as consistent. But as far as consistent, proven corner in the NFL, Breland would be the only guy on the roster with that on his resume. So um, I don't think those two are 
connected at all. I think this is another flyer by Veach on a, on a former first round talent, similar to what you've seen him do about a hundred other times over the last three years. Uh, Taco Charlton is a guy that comes to mind. Um, Ogba was another guy that they've taken, took chance on. Um, And another guy in that DB room right now who is, uh, who was injured at the end of last season, but Deandre Baker is another guy who, you know, is still the chiefs obviously still have him in their plans. I think a lot of people kind of alluded to him, you know, being a bigger into the Chiefs' plans due to them not investing very high into the draft and and cornerback and anything like that. So, I mean, you still got Ward. You still have Charverius Ward. You still have Fenton. Um, so you still have some options there. But Breland definitely See, would be adding, you know, a veteran piece. You know that he's a starting caliber, caliber corner. Uh, and then you can kind of rotate through the, uh, you know, between Ward, Fenton, Baker, and whoever else, really. Ward has to be better this year than he was last year to be on this roster going yeah. forward, which means I'm concerned. Uh, he's an approve a year, and he did not have a good as year last year as he did the year prior. Um, it, it's very and they, and they don't have a lot of depth there because they don't spend a lot of capital there. Uh, so on a guy like Breland at this point, it can't be that of expensive of a deal, kind of thing with the remaining market and where we're at. Um, I just. I, I would question the depth of the cornerback room if you don't bring in another veteran guy to be a starting corner in this on the outside because you've got some guys that can do some things, but I don't know if they're playing 17 games for you. And like I said, with Ward, he's got to play better this year than he did last year to be continually going forward, like to get it to get the contract that he's going to hopefully want and be after he's got to play better. And he hasn't he didn't do that last year. I'm not saying he played bad last year. He just did not play to the level and consistent cornerback play is hard to do. Like I said, it's constantly talked about. It's the most inconsistent position pretty much year to year. That's why when you find guys that do it consistently, you really want to try and keep them, which is why Breland is such a weird thing because he's proved he can play in the league year in and year out. And he's done it on one year cheap deals. Kind of got unlucky with his injury when he signed that first contract and then it got voided and whatnot. We've talked about that before, but, it's just a weird thing for me with him. I, I would I want him back on the roster because I would like to see depth at corner, especially with a guy that you know that knows the system, knows spags, and knows how to play. I think the Charverius Ward conversation is, is probably more relevant uh, to Breland's return. I think for the Chiefs, it's a make it or break it kind of year, as Kyle said for for Ward. With with Breland. You get what you get, right? He comes mm-hmm. in and he, he's a solid starter. He's not going to be, he's not going to set the world on fire. I think with, you know, he wants a longer term deal probably than what the Chiefs want to give him. And one of the things that maybe we'll discuss later in this offseason is the Chiefs defense is kind of going to be turned over in the next year or two, I think, with some of the guys who are going to hit free agency, some of the decisions that they have to make with contracts like Frank Clark, with Anthony Hitchens, even with uh, Teron Matthew, like, there could be some significant changes you know, even a year from now on this defense. So, and Ward is one of those guys. I don't think, I kind of think the Chiefs might be, I think they'd love to have Breland back because he is he is well-liked and he's that veteran presence. But I think they're also looking at Ward and saying, hey, if you want to be the guy, then you're going to have to be the guy. And they know that, you know, at least for now, Bashad Breland is, is still walking around the streets and they could, they could pick him up whenever. I'm, I'm a little surprised other teams haven't snapped him up yet, but I think for, for Ward, who's facing this kind of big year, they're looking at it and, and saying, hey, if you want to be the guy, you be the guy, you lead that cornerback group, and let's see what you do. Now, people, you know, I just pulled it up. Ward is only 24 years old. He's about to turn 
25, I think, in two days. Yeah, <laughs> so, and he was a UDFA. Yeah, so, I mean, he's done really well for himself. But if he's going to take his, his play, even just to kind of solidify at that next level as a as a kind of a Bashad Breland level player, where, hey, this is a kid who can start and can be consistent and you – you know he may he may struggle against some elite talent, but for the for most guys he's going to go out there and, and hold his own. I think that's that's who Ward is. He really has to show he has to be more consistent. Like Kyle said, last year was uh, 2019 was was pretty good for him. 2020 was kind of up and down. So he's going to have to really dig in and show that he's he's capable of being the guy if he wants to be the guy. And are for for both of you, I guess my question would be: Are you comfortable with the leader of your cornerback room being? I know it's not exactly a hundred percent the cornerback room because you got Honey Badger back there and all that. We talked about that. That's fine and great and all. Your number one corner is twenty four in a UDFA, and has been had one really good season and been inconsistent at other points. Like I mean, he's got three you, years of starting again. When you talk about leadership in a in a room, you you do have Honey Badger. I like. I don't know if you guys caught what Honey Badger said about Mike Hughes on Instagram, and um, he I did a, not. He made a comment about uh, he's going to get the kids head right or something like that, like intentionally saying he's going to invest in in Mike Hughes. So um, I have to pull that up at, at some point. But yeah, there, there's definitely a leader in that room. So I don't know if you need Ward to be the alpha, but if you if you are, it's a good point to say is that is that going to be your veteran leadership? Or you know, in terms of the cornerback position, what all does what all can he teach a guy like Legarius need about the position specifically, or or even you know teaching the other guys in that room? Um, that, that's a good that's a good point and a good question to ask. So, if nothing else, the Chiefs should really consider bringing Breland back for that veteran leadership role. But there may be that conflict of Breland wants to play and he wants to start, and if the Chiefs are wanting to see more of their younger guys especially bringing in Hughes and, and where do you put at some point you had to go, where do you play these guys and when do they see the field? So um, it's an interesting question, an interesting discussion. Yeah, definitely. I think it really just all comes down to Ward's development and, you know, if the coaching staff can really trust him in that, you know, CB one role, I know he was a undrafted free agent and, you know, Brett Veach traded a, a backup lineman for him a couple of years ago, but, you know, I think he's made, you know, I think he's out, outlived his uh his title of undrafted free agent for sure and sure. i think it's you know i think it's uh not unlikely that he takes a, a step forward and becomes a, a cb1 or maybe you know a cb2 but yeah it really just all comes down to to ward and how they feel about him either they they roll with him or they bring breland back so i just don't know if as a staff you can feel super comfortable with charverius ward as corner one yeah, I mean that's ultimately that's really up to the staff and and them knowing you know his tendencies and what they see behind the scenes that we can't see. So it's all about their kind of evaluation of him from from behind closed doors. I think Legarius Sneed is corner one, but that's another conversation for another day. Sure. Again, well, I think, uh, think, think like Sneed is the best corner yeah. on the roster, but I don't think he's corner one yet like, just because of his limited experience and everything but we can get way more into into cornerback depth and who who we think is gonna mm-hmm. be starting there later on in the off season but jumping over to rookie minicamp which just kicked off today and uh, it revealed a couple things first off uh something very anticipated that everyone was very uh hopeful for we got some jersey numbers for some rookies um quickly we can run through them uh, nick bolton wearing number 54 Creed Humphrey wearing number 52, Joshua Kando wearing number 59, a lot of 50s, um, Noah Gray wearing 83, 
Cornell Powell taking over uh, Sammy Watkins' place and wearing that number 14. And then uh, Trey Smith at number 65, uh, as well as a bunch of undrafted free agents and everything like that, getting their numbers and uh, in the mini camp here. But any uh, any numbers stick out to you guys as, uh, as numbers you'd like a lot? I mean, I really like Creed Humphreys in number 52. Mm-hmm. That's a really clean center number. 54 for uh, Nick Bolton. It's whatever. It's a solid solid linebacker number. Can't can't really go wrong with that. Um, I don't know. Jimmy Kane does 59. Yeah, that I kind of like back some. I kind of like now, number 59 for Kane. This will be this will give you a little bit. This is for some older Chiefs fans. It is not the same type of player. He's not even the same position of player. But Donnie Edwards wore 59 in Kansas City for a while, and I loved watching that man play in that 59. So if yeah. to watch 59 back in a Chiefs uniform and hopefully be productive like Donnie was. Kando is as half productive as he was at his position as Donnie was at his. I'm good with the pick. Yeah, the last 59 we saw was Reggie Raglan. Yeah, I'm okay with Reggie. We've always, had, Don- like, we've always had like linebackers wearing 59, so it's going to be interesting to have a, a defensive end wearing one. I don't approve of a defensive end playing or wearing 59. You're a big boy. You need a big number. You know, if you're going to play linebacker, you can have 59. But He's an edge. Big boy, Frank Clark yeah. had 55. Yeah, I know. And fifty five is a better edge number. Frank Clark, when I'm not terrified of that man. Fifty nine uh, is a very like linebacker. Like whenever I think of fifty nine, mm-hmm. I just think of Luke Keekley. So it's like that's yeah. like a, that's kind of like the golden number fifty nine there. But well, you can thank your Kansas City Chiefs for the relaxed number restrictions for players. So yeah. Yeah. Tom even Brady's probably, all upset and mad. So yeah, that's even though a good we probably thing. won't see the Chiefs actually mm-hmm. utilize much of the uh, the new number rules on their on their active day roster, well, just because Andy Reid's kind of yeah. old school like that. But you know. I do like uh, I do like Powell's fourteen. I think it looks yeah. pretty clean. Uh, hopefully, he can erase. Uh, again, not that Sammy was was bad for the Chiefs. There were a lot of good things. I like but Sammy. Hopefully, he sees the field a little bit more. And yeah. then the only one that like Noah Gray for me, um, eighty three is a fine number for a tight end, but it's like that's like a backup tight end number. Yeah, it really and is like a T two number. Kind of like you're never you're never going to be anywhere but tight end two with eighty three. Yep. I mean, I guess. Uh, I shouldn't say it. Darren Waller. I guess he might get a little mad. Um, yeah, tight end two. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I said it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is a very tight end two number, but it's not terrible. Yeah. I mean, there's not too many uh, better options that they could have gone with for tight end. I would yeah. like to see a number 40 number, but and yeah, we already saw bad, that with Nick Kaiser. So. You know, like I said, like 85, I would have put him in the Pro Bowl already. I, and then on top of, like I said, for for my Kando one, and then I like, I like Creed's number. 52 is for the center position. And for I, I just like the number. I Very like him in that number. number. For sure. And then also Trey Smith at 65. That just seems like a number that fits him. He wore 73 in college, which was taken by El Grady, which I would have liked to see. But 65 just seems like a, a solid guard number. You know, can't really go wrong with it. Um, but yeah, it was good to finally get that. We still don't have a couple, a couple new guys' jersey numbers. Orlando Brown, I don't think his number has officially been announced. He did change his username on Twitter to uh, Zeus underscore underscore 57. So... That'd be a weird, yeah. weird number. For Threw me off today. Threw me off today when I saw the video of Niang wearing what I, what looked like 57, but yeah, was in fact Niang's, 67. Yeah, that, and that is another guy to talk about. Lucas Niang has uh, has returned. He's returned yes. to the team, and uh, he's participating in rookie minicamp. And guys, there are cons- some concerns. There are some concerns that he's a little fat. I said it. I said it. He's a little fat. I mean, he's always carried that weight. Uh, in his stomach, it looks like, but he did just, you know, come in. It's the first day of minicamp, so you can't be too hard on him. But, uh, yeah, glad to at least have Niang back and, uh, you know, starting to compete for that right tackle spot. 
they're going to get gentlemen. more into playing weight. Yeah, we have a we have a exclusive report, breaking news on the Kingdom Says podcast here. Prepare yourselves. You won't believe this. Offensive linemen are fat. <laughs> uh, now, I, I've seen the, the Twitter rumblings, like I said, at the start of the show. It feels like we're already inking into that area where we're just desperate to analyze or yeah. see or, or just any type of football. And that's, that feels like a little bit. When Nian came out, that was one of his criticisms was he was just awkwardly built, and he's always been a little top-heavy. Uh, I will say it does look like his his – like legs are a little more defined, but yeah, he's always had a little bit of a gut on him. If you, and again, some of that is just, if it depends on, on the angles and you know, if there's, there's one thing that growing up with MySpace taught me is you can manipulate angles on pictures and make yourself look a lot skinnier than you are uh, for, for those folks in the, uh, who lived through that era. Hmm. But like you it, don't freak out that your offensive lineman has a gut. Uh, <laughs> especially, I mean, you, we just traded the Chiefs just traded for a guy who's six foot eight and three hundred and forty five pounds optimistically, and the beef, it's okay. We can we can have the beef. I know we're used to skinny guys like Eric Fisher and, and Mitchell Schwartz, but this is these are different types of dudes. And as long as he can still move, and and by the way, you know, watching that video clip and watching some of the other things, like it's not like he's ten yards behind, you know, Creed Humphrey or any of the other dudes. He's moving just fine with them. He doesn't look winded. Yeah, uh, I'm not worried about it. I think he's probably close to playing, you know, in playing shape. And if not, he'll be he'll be there by the start of the season. So um, I'm I'm still perfectly fine with New- Lucas Niang, and I think he's still going to be our starting right tackle. <clears throat> okay, so let's do a couple of things here. One, let's stop worrying about. Oh, God, all right. I'm going to do this as in the simplest way possible that I can. Kent, our friend Kent, Kent Swanson, some of you are familiar with the new KC Sports Network, formerly of his old place, was on our friend Briscoe's show. We are in June, July Twitter right now for for NFL offseason Twitter. Like, what are we do what are we doing? Seriously. Taylor Twelman voice, what are we doing? I stop it. And also those of you who um need to know what angles look like, go scroll through an Instagram feed of just about anyone you'd like. Somebody will teach you about angles. There are what you see is not always what you get. That's all I got on this. Cause I'm not even going to address it. Like there's nothing for me to say about this other than what are we doing? Stop this. It's very fair. Uh, so uh, let's see a couple other uh, mini camp notes here. Guys got some uh, tryout guys and some, some more undrafted free agents. Devon key. I think we talked about him. Uh, last episode, but he's an interesting uh, undrafted free agent guy. We also, another guy I thought, thought was kind of interesting, Jerese Fountain, um, wide receiver out of Northern Illinois. He spent some time with the Colts the past two years, uh, flipping between like the active roster and stuff, so just another kind of bigger-bodied guy to look at. Um, but other than that, there's really nothing too exciting coming out of the mini camp this year. It's just uh, a lot of guys kind of fighting for some, for some depth and not too many uh, big names. And I guess, you know, we didn't really we're really speaking about like Tershawn Wharton and, and Daryl Williams and some, and you see Durant and some got through those guys uh, this time last season, but you know, we'll, we'll be, it would be interesting to see uh, who uh, makes an impact from that. No love for Chris Fink. Come on. Yeah. Chris Fink also there for sure. We still got Jody Fortson and Maurice French coming back. All right. Let's talk about Fortson real quick. 
because they've got him listed at tight end or at a wide receiver now again on the rookie minicamp roster. Yeah. And remember they did the tight end thing and then it was apparently reported the day sure that he ever... worked out at tight end. Yeah, I'm not sure if they ever actually listed him as tight end, but there well, were a lot of different reports that came out that said he was going to be playing tight end. I know there was a couple like He worked out today at tight end. They have him today. listed at wide receiver, but he worked out today at tight end according to people that were there. I can't remember which which reporter there tweeted it, but somebody tweeted it. Yeah. It's definitely interesting. I, th- I wrote an article about it last summer about how Jody Fortson could kind of carve out a role as a, a bigger body receiver slash like tight end three slash like red zone threat kind of guy. Um, I don't I don't know if they ultimately go with him as a tight end or if he even has a really a chance to make the well, roster. Didn't, didn't they just draft Noah Gray to kind of be that guy? Yeah, well, they still need a tight end three, but with you know Blake Bell and Nick Kaiser still in the roster, I don't think there's much room for Fortson at tight end for one i think we've seen the end of nick kaiser in kansas city before by the time training camp is over i think so too but you know you never know nothing could, against nick he'll be a, a practice squad guy maybe still... but nothing i don't know where his timeline is on that but i just nothing against nick but with travis noah and blake in front of you i just don't you what well, no they don't yeah, carry that many tight ends, and you're, yeah. Well, I guess they did last year, technically, with Ricky Seals-Jones. They did carry four four tight ends throughout the whole season <laughs> for some odd reason. No one has to no one has to relive the Ricky Seals-Jones days. Um, the things the Chiefs have done to try to assist, address tight end, too. Also, they kept four running backs the roster last year, I think, so. They're going to probably do that again this year. Yeah. That's, I, that's they, with Clyde, Daryl, Darwin, and Jarek McKinnon, I I would be surprised if they don't. I don't know if Jared know. makes the roster, but we'll see. I don't know if Darwin um, makes the roster, but we'll see. That's a, that's a different I, topic that, for a different day when we break down running backs. I, I will say this. Uh, Bobby Scipio taught me not to get excited about big-bodied wide receivers at training camp. So, <laughs> yeah, Bobby Scipio. Oh, Bobby my Scipio. God, there's a, there's a name. Uh, so – as much as I've heard the oh, love and seen that those just, clips. Why did you – what did we – I I'm, said it was a good I'm, day on Friday. Why? <laughs> what was that violence? Why did you wake up and choose violence? Uh, speaking of, and I, just because I have his, his page pulled up, did you know in 2012 Bobby Scipio was arrested and charged with attempted murder? Um, I didn't know that. I just Well, he that. tried to murder all Shout of us out. and had to watch him try to play football for five minutes by That's, killing us with being in pain from watching him. Yeah, well, I I mean I'm not here to make light of him trying to kill someone because that's really terrible. But at the same time, point. like Jesus, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean Jody will probably hang around for the on the practice squad for a while, and <laughs> we'll get excited every year for him, and then we'll probably have this conversation for the next two or three years until Seattle signs him off the practice <sighs> squad and he disappoints <laughs> over there. So. It's kind of the same situation we saw with Marcus Kemp, who is another big-bodied guy. Who you know he's been he was on the team for a couple of years, and then he ended up going to going down to Miami, and then he came back, and now he's still here, I think. So, if we're choosing big-bodied wide receivers, I might as well go with Kemp instead of Fortson. But you know, it's a it's a great thought. I like Fortson a lot, but um, it's probably not with the Chiefs, unfortunately. Breaking news. This important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. 
This new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SAYITAGAIN at manscaped.com. Listen, I'm one of the first people to try the new 4.0, and I am blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship, the details, everything is just next level on the 4.0. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin-safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. And what makes this trimmer different than all other trimmers? A new multifunction on-off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K, that's right, 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-toned matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamped black chrome manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so that you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. And did I mention wireless charging? The lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction which can help battery length last longer. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's time to make some changes. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SAYITAGAIN at manscaped.com. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth, and your balls your balls will thank you. Let's, and one more time, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SAYITAGAIN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use code SAYITAGAIN. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Reach new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable. Anyways, to segue to, uh, to kind of outside of rookie minicamp, now we've kind of covered all those bases, uh, the last kind of big piece of NFL news that came out this week was the NFL schedule release. It was a big spectacle, social media, everything like that. Every social media team came out with some banger uh, schedule announcement videos. The Chiefs had a, a video where Andy Reid just said he was looking forward to the challenge of playing every single team. is a pretty good one. But um, we'll run through the schedule quickly with you guys. But uh, first off, just initial thoughts from either of you. If any any games that really stand out, Do you really does the schedule even matter? That's my first question. Yes. Does the schedule even matter? Yes. Yes, it does. Explain. Uh, there's a lot of things that go into it. Travel is one thing you always want to look at on the schedule. How far they, how far teams got to go, uh, rest days between games, what your opponent has versus what you have, um, where your where or when throughout, like if you got a stretch of three home games, if you got a stretch of three road games, where does the bye week fall? Uh, where is, is your 
tougher opponents, and I'm putting that in air quotes. I know this is an audio platform, so there's your air quotes. Um, it's if where are they located? Uh, for Kansas City, it looks like front half of the schedule is all playoff teams and yep. whatnot. So, I mean, just stuff like that. Um, you know, do you are you playing in Buffalo in December or are you playing in Buffalo in September? Are you right. playing in Baltimore in November? Are you playing there? And so, so those all things factor in um, where, when, rest. A lot of it has to do with the amount of travel and the rest. Like the Niners, not only do they not play a very difficult schedule from an opponent's record perspective, I don't think they have much travel, and I and I think they have a pretty favorable rest scenario too. So it'll be like there, there's just different stuff that factors into it, and there's whole accounts that go into like the science behind it which i have no interest in diving that deep yeah exactly don't gotta dive too deep into it just you know look for the bye week look you know home away prime time games all that stuff but other than that it's for from a fan's perspective it's it's pretty mute but um let's uh let's roll through it here uh so we got the browns week one at home we've got the ravens uh, away week two week three the chargers at home shout out kenny Week four, the Eagles on the road. Uh, week five, the Bills at home. So we have alternating home and away games for the first five weeks. And mm-hmm. then we have uh, two road games, week six and seven, versus the Washington football team and the Tennessee Titans. And then we got two home games back-to-back with the New York Giants and Green Bay Packers. Then we have away at uh, Las Vegas with the Raiders, home versus the Cowboys week 11, and then we have our bye week 12. Then home again for the next two weeks. Uh, so we go from a from a long stretch of being at home pretty much. Uh, but two home weeks versus the Broncos and Raiders. Then away for the Chargers week 15. At home versus Steelers in week 16. And then finishing off this year, two road games versus the Bengals and Broncos. Um, so a lot of a lot to break down there. We don't have yeah. to get too far into it. We have, I know the Chiefs have five primetime games. Tom, what do you, who, what kind of game do you, uh, what jumps off the screen to you, really? Well, I'm hoping that this uh, November we'll finally get the Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers battle. Um, unless, yeah. of course, Aaron Rodgers gets traded to Green Bay. I don't so know, Aaron. Avoid, are you going to let us do that or not? Just to avoid having to face Mahomes sounds like the cowardly move that, that Rodgers would make. No. That's, that's going to be the big game of the season. Uh, I expect that to be, uh, you know, plenty hyped up. I'm surprised that it's a. this is listed as an afternoon game. I wouldn't yeah. – I don't know if that's I'm a not flex sure game. If, but yeah, I'm not sure if that, that's a That flex should be game, like a Sunday what? night game. The, the Packer game? Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if that's – Yeah, so, so here's what they did. Time. If you'll look at – here, this is why the schedule matters, Garrett. Uh, <laughs> they stuck that game at th- in the late slot alone. Mm-hmm. The only other game at that time, Denver's playing. If Kansas City is playing and Aaron Rodgers is in that game, that game can either be flexed or it's the standalone primetime game of the week on Fox. Yeah. yeah. So while I, some I of these games aren't primetime, if you see a 325 Chiefs game, yeah. it's mm-hmm. a standalone slot for Fox to put the game sure. on. Yeah. Because I think the Cowboys game is set up that way also. Yep. Yeah, the Cowboys game. I think, the, I mean, the Browns week one is, but I doubt that one gets flexed, obviously. And same with week 18. But um, it would be interesting if that game got flexed because I think we have the Giants. Uh, well, we have the Giants in primetime the week before. I think it's on Thursday Night Football. The Giants game is a Monday. Oh, it's a Monday. Okay, so it's a Monday yeah, Night Football. Monday night. 
Yeah, I saw yeah, the, so that'll the be... six day difference. And then we also, after the week after that, in week 10, we have a primetime game versus the Raiders. So if that game I mean, got flexed, we'd have three primetime games in a row. Which... Yeah. Well, and the Chargers game is, I think, the Thursday night game. Yeah, the late, yeah, the late Charger I, yeah, game. Yeah, yes, that one the is. last, the later. And I think so that, that brings Sunday to... football versus the Bills. I don't like that stretch in the schedule. I'll tell you that. I know it's, I know it's home for the Broncos, home for the Raiders, and then out. So that Raiders Chargers Sunday, Thursday, got to go to LA for the Thursday mm-hmm. night game. Circle that as a possible not so great performance for us out in the out in SoFi. Yeah. yeah, so I think if you look at it, Andy Reid's talked about breaking the, the schedule down into quarters, which is kind of hard to do now with a longer schedule. But the first four weeks are kind of a – I mean, you hit that – Cleveland and Baltimore both, um, those are tough matchups. Those are teams that are motivated to play well against the Chiefs, especially the Ravens. That's become, that's become kind of a rivalry. The Browns will be interesting. It will be – you know, are It they is not a rivalry out? until you win a game. That too. They're, but they are motivated. Uh, the Browns, though – It'll be kind of interesting to see if they're for real or if they regress to the mean. Um, of course, the Chargers always play the Chiefs tough. Just within the division, they're the team that's given the Chiefs the most, um, probably the most fight for the last, yeah. I mean, since the Patrick Mahomes era. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of what some Raiders fans might say, one win doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Eagles, like I said earlier, uh, kind of before the show, I will be surprised if Andy Reid doesn't go in there and – if he's not completely planned to, yeah. to decimate the Eagles, Don't especially with the state of their, their franchise currently. Well, I mean, yeah, because we're going to be playing football and they'll be trying to play rock, paper, scissors, so we'll be good. Exactly. Um, and then that next stretch of four games, uh, the Chiefs should roll through that, maybe with the Titans being a little bit of a problem. But one of the things that they've worked on this, this offseason is, I mean, with the addition of, of Nick Bolton and, and some of these guys, is like, you know, they, their run defense should hopefully be better, so we'll see see how that works out. I think the Chiefs, the Titans, always are one of those teams that always like just seem to have weird things happen against the Chiefs, and they yeah. just they it's also on the road. Yeah, 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 always stress me out. So we're at Titans there. What um, you got? Nothing. You got no. You got no respect for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, eh, eh. Nope. <laughs> Again, could <laughs> regress to them. Nope. Listen. Listen, I'm not going to put Bill's slander out there because I do like the Bills, but, you know, I think that they'll regress to me and both times they played last year weren't, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I, I didn't, I didn't stress about the Bills too much. Again, really like the franchise, love the fans, love some of the guys, love even some of their draft picks. Um, but Shout out Mitch Morse. Yeah. Um, love me some Mitch Morse. He's stuck I, I in Buffalo. Think, I, I mean, he's in Buffalo, not okay. stuck. Buffalo's a nice place. Just kidding, yeah. Buffalo Bills fans. Bills Mafia, don't come scream at me. No. Yeah. Um, so then you have to get through, you know, kind of the middle of the schedule. The Cowboys always end up being weirdly competitive against the Chiefs. Although I don't think Mahomes has Mahomes has started against the Cowboys yet. So They're going to score fifty points on that defense. Don't start <laughs> that Cowboys fine. team. That Cowboys defense, uh, stop it. Now, they may be better as because it's later in the year and some of those rookies mm-hmm. have gotten a chance to catch on, but that Cowboys defense is atrocious. I will say one last thing that stands out about the schedule for this year is I think it's going to be really important. It's important every year, but Kansas City is going to have to really push themselves um, to, get a, to get a high seating in the playoffs so that they can be a home team. If for some reason something goes wrong and they end up maybe as a three or four seed, their last of their last four games, three of them are on the road. So you're going at at Los Angeles, then back to Kansas City for for Pittsburgh, and then at Cincinnati, and then at Denver. 
if you end up in a playoff position early where you're traveling again that very next week, you that's going to be tough on the team, especially depending on where that, that playoff team is. So um, one of the things that, again, Kansas City will look to, I mean, and we all kind of just assume that they're going to be the one, maybe the two seed. Um, you know, again, if they don't, they need to lock up as, as much, as best of a home field advantage as they can through the playoffs, especially, I think, the way that the season ends is puts them in a, a difficult, it could be a, a tough spot if they end up look, you know, on the outside looking in there. On yeah, the other the side Bengals of that game. same coin, I was just go ahead, say, Garrett. The Bengals game, I think, might be a sneaky, sneaky game you got to watch out for. Just if the Bengals can figure it out with Joe Burrow and you know those weapons that they have down there, and if they're you know competing for the uh, the AFC North or at that time, um, you know they might they might really be uh, trying to win that one. So I think that might be a sneaky tough game on the road, Week 17. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say this. The other thing is, if they come out hot and they play really well, there's a chance that by the time they get to the back half of this schedule, they're dog walking people and coasting into the playoffs. And the back mm-hmm. half of this schedule sets up as a cakewalk for that. Like, I sure. don't know that. Yeah. I don't know that Ben Roethlisberger's arm is still going to be attached to his body by the time yeah, week sixteen. I yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know how Ben Roethlisberger is going to be at week sixteen. And you got so just to just for the optimistic side of the view, if they go out and handle business and start out the year on fire like they normally do, and they rip off several wins, you're looking at basically rolling finishing out after week nine whether or not Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay like after that game it's Raiders Cowboys Broncos Raiders Chargers Steelers Bengals Broncos yeah the second half is very I mean I guess we're looking at it though from the team's perspective now I mean those teams might look a lot different in the second half of the season but from looking that's at what it I'm right saying here, like if we come out if, if Kansas City comes out hot and hammers mm-hmm. it and and those teams play to even basically yeah. what they were last year or even maybe a game or two improved mm-hmm. they should roll that back half of yeah, that either schedule. way i think the chiefs have a are far and be above beyond all of the teams on the second half of the schedule so it'll just kind of yeah. come down to one of those you know kind of like the panthers game or like uh stay healthy that's it stay healthy yeah exactly it's all about staying mm-hmm. healthy i do think i don't worry about the steelers i do think you what you brought up here we'll see what the Bengals look like this I, year they could end up in a position schedule wise where they maybe are playing for a playoff spot and maybe the Chiefs have to make a tough decision, especially if they beat the Steelers the week before. You think about the AFC North standings, yeah. the Chiefs could kind of really play a hand in how that plays out that year. So it'll yeah. be interesting to to watch how it plays out. I, again, I just think that it's important that the Chiefs get, a, get home field advantage as much as possible in the playoffs because that's a lot of travel at the end of the year for them. It's a lot of mileage um, and just trying to – Again, I think it's it's just common knowledge. You play better at home. You play better when there's less travel and, and you're well rested. There's yeah. maybe a reason why Tampa also had an advantage in well, the that, Super Bowl, but we won't talk about that. That five week homestand that they got in there, where they play two at home, then have the bye, then I think play two more at home coming out of the bye is a nice little setup that should give them plenty of rest. Yeah. So, I, I think this schedule sets up while we have plenty of difficult opponents. It sets up fine, and and if things uh, you, you can sell me on the Bengals once i can see if they can block anything because yeah i mean that's true it is this is definitely gonna take but i mean if joe joe burrow and you know jamar chase now down there i mean it could be could definitely be a tough matchup but you know it's all about like you said the offensive line no line. joe burrow by the time week 17 rolled around last year because yeah. he had no acl left because they got him killed like exactly. i understand drafting the receiver i still don't understand why you don't protect your investment yeah it's definitely i think i've seen i think jeff schwartz kind of 
talk about it, that just a little bit, how, like, you know, you can't just assume that they're going to be as bad protecting him as they were last year. But, I mean... I can't assume they're going to be a hell of Zach, a lot better yeah, than they were exactly. last year Zach either. Taylor so. doesn't inspire me to, as, a, as a head coach, to be honest, so... Might see, uh, the Cincinnati might see Bengals organization doesn't inspire yeah. me. That's uh, the biggest problem the with that organization is it starts at the very top and it's just a giant yeah, mess. I was going to say we might see a, a turnover there at, uh, from Zach Taylor, but I doubt the Bengals fire him, to be honest, because their last coach was there for like 17 years. So As long as you can go, well, they he, well, hey, oh, he can't go 8-8 eight and eight anymore unless they tie a game every year now. So. Yeah, 8-1 maybe. <laughs> so... Anyways, that was guys, Marvin Lewis's secret sauce, man. Eight and eight, baby. Eight yeah. and eight. Slightly, slightly below the uh, the infamous status of Jeff Fisher, who was nine seven guy. Um, and a light, and slightly above Jason Garrett's clapping seven and nine. Yeah, yep. That's a, it's a hierarchy of coaching system. Luckily, we have Big Red, who's uh, always mm. at the top of that hierarchy. So the Chiefs fans don't have to worry about that front for a little while. But anyways, no more guys, Tom Haley and Romeo Cornell. Since Tom decided to choose violence with Bobby Scipio earlier, I'll bring those two names up. It's the offseason. We have nothing to do but to dance on the graves. You chose folks. violence, and I am not happy about it. Maybe we just have it. a whole maybe, – maybe next week will be a, a tire violence episode where we just oh, bring up the harsh memories of the Chiefs' past and just be sad. I don't know. Battle RB1. We may have to push that to like two weeks from now because I I, I'm, I don't know if I can handle that next you week. You guys remember when Peyton Hill signed with Kansas City? Stop, stop it. That is, that's the favorite trivia the question of, <laughs> of Curtis Siebel and, and all the guys on like the Radio 810 crap when they do their trivia games is, who was on the Madden cover that was a former chief that no one yeah. remembers is a former chief because he was a former chief for like a ham sandwich and a Tuesday. There was a wide receiver that the Chiefs had. Was it Mark Bradley? I don't know. 80, he was number eighty-three, and I was convinced yep. he was gonna. Yeah, he was like their number one wide receiver, and he was like. That was a hot minute ago, though. Yeah, number three on everybody yeah. else's team. Always remember yeah. the great Eddie Kennedy. Tyler Thigpen. Hey, 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 hey. EK is a monster. Don't you hate yeah. on Eddie Kennedy? I know. That's what I'm Love saying. Eddie Kennedy. The transfer from Eddie, Eddie Kennedy to Dwayne Bow to Tyreek Hill. I mean, there's some there's some gaps in between that. Speaking but, of, we are going to yeah, get too deep down this rabbit hole. We're going to get out of here. Okay. But uh, Dwayne Bow got absolutely slept on for catching passes oh. from freaking Brody Croyle and Tyler Thigpen for like eight years. Okay, no, so we will not we will not stand for any. Tyler Thigpen slander. Shout out, Stop it. Shout out Dwayne Bow. Shout out Tyler Thigpen. And also, we forgot to shout out uh, Tom Bahali, who oh, yeah! retired as a chief this week. He signed a one-day contract to re- retire as a chief. He hadn't even played since like 2018. So it's just kind of a formality thing to to pass some news in the offseason. But shout out Tom Bahali, one of the greatest pass rushers in Chiefs history. One Second of the most leading sacker of all time yeah. in Kansas City Chiefs history. I would history. say probably one of the top underrated edge rushers of you know his time like he just uh it's not even close first of all he was not supposed to be good like that he is not your measured out he's not kendo he does not have his size profile and skills like that's not what tom bahali was but he would just destroy you every play technician and man, Tom was one of my favorite Chiefs of all time. Also, pretty decent music career afterwards. If you yeah, haven't checked it out, go. He's got some. He's got some hits, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, shout out to Tomba. Love Tomba. Uh, man, I would like to have him on the edge and still feel it if he could still play. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Former players I'd like to see on the Chiefs right now. Um, There's a whole lot. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that'll about, uh, that'll about do it for this episode. Hope you guys all enjoyed. We will be back next week to talk more off-season news, more uh, random Chiefs history, and everything else under the sun. So hope you guys enjoyed. Be sure to leave a rating, like, subscribe, review, all of that stuff. Um, 
you know, share it with your mother, share share it with your father. Follow us on our social media accounts. You guys yep. follow us on all of our personal handles, but the twi- the Twitter account and the other stuff is lacking and we're yeah. trying to get the Twitter handle account up so we can do some giveaways, but if y'all don't follow the handle, we can't do the giveaways. Exactly. So. At Kingdom Says Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just look look for Twitter though. Twitter's the big one. We like Twitter. Facebook's also pretty solid, but you know, and then if you have any questions, hey, send them in. Leave us a review and send them in through the review or we check you guys. Want to do it. Yeah, every we have been checking. So, anyways, yep, right. that will be uh, that will be it for us. Signing off here, and uh, we will see you next week. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.